Can I can I quick segue into my Tom Brady dream real quick? Sure. So <laughs> last week <laughs> I wake up at five in the morning <laughs> because I had this dream where I was doing rebound drills against Tom Brady. That's weird. Yeah. And like he was smoking me. And I for some reason in this dream I think I'm supposed to be good. So in, in <laughs> okay. this world, in this dimension, this version of me, I'm good at things. Sure. <laughs> and Tom Brady is just boxing me out. Even when I have position, he gets in there, boxes me out. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how is he fucking doing this? I remember asking him, Oh no, no, no. As he as he gets more successful, he gets taller. Oh good. So by the time this whole thing was <laughs> over and Tom Brady just smokes me, he's covered in sweat. And he's six foot nine. And I'm looking up to him like, Tom, like, how are you fucking doing this to me? You're like a 45-year-old man. False, he's 41. Yeah. <laughs> but in my dream, I'm like, you're a 45-year-old man. How are you doing this to he me? He also got slightly older with every rebound. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, freedom of speech, baby. And goes for a dunk. And then I wake up. <laughs> and I like, I have to tweet this. Five in the morning, I'm just like tweeting. I'm like, this is. Hey everybody, this is All Sports Are Bad. I am Patrick on the internet. And I am Jake Whipple. So last week, we, or last time, we talked. Uh, two weeks ago. Two yeah. weeks ago, we talked uh, Women's World Cup. And we talked about how we're going to get into that deeper in the next episode. And boom, here we are. Next episode. <laughs> Bam. It took a little longer than we meant to. Right. Um, and uh, so last time we talked about it, we were still like, we were already a little behind the ball when we brought up brought it up the first time because they had recently won the cup. Um, we were basically like, we tried to touch on that, but we had a different subject we wanted to get into for that particular session. But we're yes. back to this now because we still want to talk about um yeah. What they, what that team sort of made us think about in the uh, sports world as a whole. Um, so, as we're all aware at this point, the uh, women's national team won the World Cup, um, yes. and everyone was very happy about it for I would say approximately three days. Yeah, the yeah. parade was lit. Yeah, um, and we were like the entirety of the sports world was stoked about it because there's literally nothing going on. This was the main deal. Yeah. Um, their, their Instagram cool. stories during their celebration, lit. Just mm-hmm. everything was lit. It was that's the only. It was way extremely could, lit. It was. It was very very fun to watch. And I would refer to it as laugh, which is of course an acronym I use for lit af. Lit lit af. Yes yes, which so you as just, you may know is also an acronym for lit as fuck. Yes, I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was, but it was dope. It was all really good. Um, so this is their second consecutive World Cup title. Um, the U.S. Women's National Team is actually one of the most dominant sports franchises across the course of the history of a given sport that I've seen in a while. So I'm gonna do a little quick, like, very it's, general verbal history of this team. Well, it, it is the it. most. It is the most dominant American institution as far as like international play goes. What else are oh, we by a mile? What else? Well, are maybe we... except for the men's basketball team. Men, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but there's like a really good reason for that because we play our pros. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we do the thing that is not supposed to be done in the Olympics, and we play pros. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, not not that important. But so basically. Um, uh, international women's soccer started in the 1980s. It's actually a relatively young competition. Um, and the uh, in the made, in the 80s, the U.S. Women's National Team was um, decent, leading up to the initial World Cup, which was in 1991, where they like kicked the shit out of everybody. Like just they destroyed yeah. every single team pretty handily. Um, with the exception of um, Sweden in the group stage and Norway in the final, um, who they beat by two goals, each of them, um, and they won every other game by a minimum of three. So what changed between the 80s and 90s? So basically there was a concerted effort by um, particularly the coaching staff to improve the team. They brought in a lot of very young players who became stars in the 1990s. Um, in order to build the team. Essentially, what they saw was 
a field of a, a competitive field that they felt could be what's what's the phrasing I want for this that that um, wasn't being invested in very directly mm-hmm. by a lot of people that they could then um, sort of they were they the comp- competition itself was a market inefficiency if that makes right. sense like if you want to think about it in sort of strictly money ball terms like investment in the competition was um, not there. So if you wanted to put the effort and energy into it to really refine it and um, build a really competitive roster, you could be dominant. And that's what happened. Um, despite this happening, they were still like much lower on the totem pole than the uh, U.S. Right. men's team, um, even after winning the initial World Cup. Um, it's worth noting that there's probably something to say about... Um, U.S. soccer being more focused on building up the men's team in those years because they were going to be hosting the Men's World Cup in 1994. Yeah. So there was some amount of value to them to draw attention to their men's team because they were going to be the domestic the domestic tournament yeah. um, at that time. So in, the, in that time, um, U.S. women's soccer essentially ended up on a hiatus for one year um, right after the initial World Cup. And then came back and um, played in uh, a couple tournaments, um, including uh, won a cup, won a couple of Concacaf tournaments, which I don't, I don't remember what Concacaf stands for. It's something like the con- convention of, of countries and American fo- football, football association football. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> with football at the end. Yeah, it's a bunch of it's stuff. A, yeah, it's a regional thing. I believe it's mostly central, nor- central and North American uh, countries, as well as some uh, nations from the Caribbean. Um, in 1994, they won the Concacaf tournament um, by an aggregate against all opponents of 36 to one. That's wild. Yeah, uh, that is, which is insane. That, that goal differential <laughs> is out of control right yeah. now. Um, finally, after the uh, Men's World Cup in 94, Nike uh, helped the team open a permanent trading facility um, prior to the second World Cup, which they would finish in third place. Um, they lost in the semifinal to the eventual champions in Norway. Um, and then they won the Olympic gold in Atlanta the next year. They've actually pretty much done nothing but win Olympic golds with the exception of, I think, 2012 mm-hmm. and 2016. Other than that, the U.S. women's team wins Olympic gold every year, more or less. Yeah, then we get to uh, 99, which is the famous, famous Women's World Cup that was um, hosted actually here in the United States. Mm. Um, That's the one where uh, Brandi Chastain hit a winning penalty kick in the final. Super iconic photo of her ripping her jersey off and celebrating. Um, it It is still, I think... I'd have to double check this, but I think it is still the most attended uh, women's sporting event in history. Um, it was played wow. in the Rose Bowl in front of at least ninety thousand people, possibly more. That is a uh, giant, giant stadium. Yeah, it's an enormous place. Um, so, and like that, like particularly that moment with Chastain was like it's just an iconic photograph that yep. got a lot of exposure like right away. Um, and the thing happened on American soil. It, it was, it was huge. It was Gatorade commercials. I know we, I mentioned this last week, but it was like iconic Nike commercials, Gatorade commercials. It mm-hmm. was like, it was there with like when you see a hot reel on ESPN of like Derek Jeter jump throw, Jordan hitting that jump shot, and then you know, Brandy Chastain. Like those are like the three iconic images of like the late '90s in that right. era. No, I absolutely, I absolutely yeah, agree with that. Like, um, it was like one of those like. Things that you grow up with really burns in your brain, you know? Yeah, like, I remember like I remember seeing that photo at, you know, like, 12, 13 years old, whatever, and, like, just having that as, like, this image of pure, like, ecstasy in succeeding at sport that was... It wasn't... It was some... It was definitely... It burned its way into your mind very quickly. Yeah. Um, and, and that was a big deal. Um, honest, a lot of... Um, a lot of women's soccer players to up to this point have cited that particular um, moment as really driving interest. Um, that uh, And the national team itself has said that they feel it's one of the most important things that ever happened for them. Yeah. Um, 
They kind of were... So the team after that actually was a little bit worse in, like, the 2000s. Mm -hmm. um, I think that there's probably something to be said about the rest of the world sort of catching up and, like, putting that investment and yeah. training and, like, effort into developing their female players. And that, you know, if you're when you're the only person who cares about something... Mm -hmm. It's easiest. It's a little easier to be the best, and then when everyone else puts that investment in it, obviously gets a yeah. little more. They difficult, set they but, set a bar. Yeah. They set they set a very high yeah, bar. They, they set a really yeah, high bar, and people finally decided to try yeah. and come meet it. Um, so they weren't quite as good. They weren't. Um, they did not win a World Cup in uh, 2004 or 2008, or excuse me, um, in two it would have been 2003 or 2007. Um, and uh, they also, it was one of those years, I forget which one, was the first year they did not manage to advance to the final. Mm. Um, or excuse me, advance to the semifinal, not even just the final. Yeah. They, there was one year in which they did not even make it past the quarters. Um, and of course, be, in that time frame, people stopped paying as much attention to them. Yeah. Um, because they weren't this, the same dominant force. Um, but since then... And interesting, interestingly, even during that time, um, you still had that Mia Hamm Jordan commercial. The anything I can do, you can anything you can do, I can do better. Oh yeah, I remember that. that. Yeah, that happened. And but they because in that time frame, they also kept winning Olympic uh, gold medals, which mm -hmm. they did up until very recently. Um, so they did like they maintained a certain amount of yeah. um, presence of national consciousness. Well, yeah, Mia, Mia Hamm was uh, oh in that era was oh is always like was always an icon, like, yeah. up there with, like, all of the big names. Like, I would refer to Nomar Garcia Parra as Mia Hamm's husband. <laughs> <laughs> that, would be, <laughs> that would be entirely fair, actually. That's literally yeah. what I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but she was she was kind of their main cultural uh, mainstay at that point. Like, there was Mia Hamm, who was ultra-famous, and then there was just everybody else. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And that was really their whole ingress into anything. Um, and that commercial was, like... It's a great commercial. It's a classic fucking Gatorade commercial or whatever. Maybe it's a Nike commercial. I forget. No, it's a Gatorade commercial. No, it's a Gatorade commercial. Um, but beyond that, there wasn't a whole lot going on. And they've only recently risen back to the um, point where they're favorites every year in the World Cup. And now they're back-to-back -back champs again. Yeah. Um, which, right now they're in the dynasty. Yeah. yeah. Which, if you're doing the math, that's four titles against maybe eight total Women's World Cups. Yeah, which they fifty percent like every other time they show up and they win the thing, which is bonkers. You, yeah, like you thought the Yankees were dominant. Yeah. Like that's that's insane to just know that every other year it was like you're <laughs> running as a Giants fan in the fucking early two thousands, early ten, early two thousand tens. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever we call that decade. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. So they did all this cool stuff, and then, as as per usual, now that it's over, nobody wants to talk about them anymore. Even though they're currently in the middle of finishing up a lawsuit that al alleges, essentially, institutional discrimination against them, where they're being denied funding, being denied um, adequate facilities management, being denied adequate trainers, being denied... Uh, appropriate compensation, which, it's worth noting, a lot of people get hung up on the compensation thing, which is understandable and um, also and very important, especially when you consider the wage gap as an institution in this country. Like, I don't want to diminish yeah. the importance of that, but that's not the entirety of what's going on with this suit because mm -hmm. they did, in fact, manage to win a labor battle in 2017 that did increase their wages, not to uh, equivalent levels with men's national players, but they got a they did win that fight and get a wage bump. But this particular instance and what they're taking to arbitration right now is not exclusively about wages. It's about the entire institutional approach of US soccer to their program. Right. And um that's and there's a big difference between just you don't pay us as much versus you don't give us anything as much. So like, my understanding is is that um they get paid from two sources, mm -hmm. from FIFA and then from um, whoever's running the United States team, correct? Yes, I think that's correct. And what yes. they can't, they can't really do much about what FIFA's giving out because that's just them. But what they can really focus on is what the U.S., what the, what the organization that runs the U.S. women's team or runs U.S. soccer pays them in 
comparison to how much they're paid through by uh, how much the men are paid. Yeah. Okay. Because I I also notice that like there's a lot there a lot of people are saying well like oh every like FIFA's paying so and so this much too like what are you like and it's like that's not really what they're like concentrating on no it hasn't it really doesn't have much to do with what the international association is doing because in mm-hmm. order to, like if you want to go to go to go to bat against the international soccer association you can't just do it from just the United States, right? Because yeah. you're dealing with an international entity that de- that handles a whole bunch of different people. It's got to be the mm-hmm. entire group of players. Like it's yeah, that's a much gotta, more you gotta, yeah you got to build yeah you yeah. got to build a players that's union a that fight. includes like France, but also and also Senegal. Like yeah. that's a lot. It's a lot harder yeah. than just being like, well, FIFA should pay them more because yeah. you need like you need support from every single entity out mm-hmm. there. You know. Because a lot of a lot of the talking heads um, out there are emphasizing this like bigger picture international aspect of like basically they're trying to lobby for women being paid less, the women's team being paid less. Mm-hmm. Like I think it was like two weeks ago, racist ass Will Kane of <laughs> on ESPN went out there and basically tried to tried to make this make that make that exact point against them when it's like no we're not really focusing on on international pay we're focusing on US pay in comparison to men's US pay right which is that's what we're talking about yeah specifically from yeah. the national federation that is in charge of this shit yeah. so if you're yeah. one of those people who hear will kane on espn and are like confused they're like oh he made a good point no he didn't he made a bad point and it's not steeped in reality yeah well and there's also there's also like there's it's also worth noting that the women's national teams profit margins are higher than the men's teams like yeah they're um Revenues compared to cost are substantially more favorable to the institution as opposed to the players. Um, and even if even if you were to argue that, well, they should only receive a pay increase that matches that kind of profit margin, you would still need to pay them more money. Yes. Because their um, their return on investment is a lot higher. Like, just, like, in just cold financial terms, it's just true. Like, it's not, it's probably, I don't know what their revenues are. And I wouldn't be shocked to find out that they're somewhat less than a men's team, but their uh, percentage cut of what they do make are is lower. That mm. that I know for sure. So. Yeah, they deserve a bigger cut. They do. They deserve they deserve to be paid the same as anybody else. Like, yeah. Just like just like fucking anybody. Um. But uh, at a at a bare minimum, they deserve the same percentage of the pie even if it's a smaller pie that you would give to someone else right and they're not they're at the very least they're not getting that no and they're why they're wildly successful they always have been they've driven interest in the sport nationally far more than the men's team ever has um particularly when you consider that like we're still you know we're i would argue sports are still in the process of pulling out of the sort of really like 50s sexist bullshit that's a huge part of a lot of sporting oh we're very deep into that like fucking uh, yeah we have not pulled ourselves out of out of like we're still climbing out of that hole what's sexism uh, yeah yeah we're like a lot of a lot of sports is still just don draper in his office smoking a cigar and saying good work toots and like we still and we still gotta get past this and the women's national team is one of the most effective tools to move beyond that to be honest um as much as I love, like, I really enjoy the WNBA and all and all that, but the women's national team's national exposure, their uh, cultural cachet they've built up over the last 20 to 30 years, all of these things are really important in helping create equality in sport, I think. So. Yeah. I mean, right now, Megan Rapino is, like, bigger than Mike Trout. Yeah. By well. far. By far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah by like, quite a bit, actually. Look at marketability here. Yeah. Like, achieved more. It's <laughs> worth more, just marketability. And, we're, yeah, we're, she's not being paid like a superstar in America should be. No, she really isn't. I mean, she's certainly more uh, deserving of a shoe deal than Mike Trout is. Oh, for sure. Um, she might have one. I don't really know, but... Yeah. And like, I don't know. And I guess, like... This is all this is all a little endemic of like the way women's sports have always been undervalued in this country. Like yeah. 
you know, it doesn't seem to matter what what kind of sport it is. It just no one pays any attention to it. Um, you could even look at like. You can look at some of the traditional Olympic sports that tend to be very female focused, like uh, gymnastics or ice skating. Yeah, which during yeah during those that one year every four years everybody pays attention to it, and if you win a gold medal you're probably fine. But Mm -hmm. if you don't like if you're just a person who likes to compete and you're doing your best and trying to represent your country, like when you come in sixth, then nobody knows who the fuck you are and nobody cares, and you're probably not being paid very much to do it. You got to get on that Wheaties box. Yeah. Wheaties, yeah, it's it with with women's sports, it's Wheaties box or go home, and that's not true in men's sports so much. I yeah. don't think. Like even even when you start talking about those Olympic sports that are things that no one thinks about until they show up, which yeah. I'm not, I'm not gonna pretend I'm not any less guilty of that than anyone else, but hmm. I certainly could not tell you any of the names of anyone on the men's luge team. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess like it's up to it's up to men. It's up to us. It is. Or like yeah. part of it, like a lot, a lot of it is just change the narrative because we're responsible for spreading this narrative. Like uh, even if we ourselves, if even if you yourself listening to this aren't someone who goes around and and says problematic shit about women's sports, it's important that you shut it down when people do. Yeah, because it's still rampant. Like hit up hit up hit up Twitter replies, man. It's wild. And I know Twitter replies generally aren't. Great. <laughs> it's, <laughs> but, a, it's a cesspool out there, but... But it's still mirroring the, the views of of general Americans who watch sports and they say terrible shit. And it's, it, it's, really, it's really important that we just don't allow this to continue to be normalized. This is, I think it's been really easy, particularly... But, I mean, especially particularly before, like, the 90s, like, back when, you know, masculine office identity was such a thing and everybody was still trying to act like Don Draper. And then mm-hmm. after Mad Men came out and everyone started trying to do that again for some reason, even though that's a terrible idea. Like, what the fuck is wrong with I never, you? <laughs> I never liked that shit for that same reason. Yeah. I'm like, I thought this was the thing we didn't want to be anymore. You know, he's not <laughs> supposed to be a hero here, right? Um, anyway. <laughs> but it's... it's uh. It was really, it's just, it was really easy to hand wave away women's sports and be like, oh, it's, just, it's not as important, right. you know, it doesn't matter as much. It's not as good for, like, whatever the fuck that is supposed to mean. Um, but, uh, you gotta, like, just stop it, man. Like, you gotta value, we need to value success. Right. And regardless of the standards that people are being held to, as long as everyone's on the same plane and competing for the same things... Um, yeah, it's you like, just do you value, value success. Yeah. Do you value competition? Yeah. Do you value an entertaining product on the field? Then support it. Yeah. Don't 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 like say problematic shit about it. Yeah, I'll give you, actually, here's an ex- here's kind of an example. Um, which this might seem dumb, but I'm gonna try and spin it into a decent point at some point here. Um, so I've been watching a lot of American Ninja Warrior lately because uh-huh. I am a giant sucker, and um, I love that shit. I just I love it. And one of the things I like about it is there's no difference when you sent who is going to go run this obstacle course, right? It's the same course no matter what. It yeah. doesn't matter if you're it's your first time there or if you've done this a million times, if you're a man, if you're a woman, if you're seven feet tall, if you're four feet tall, like this is what it is. Do it or don't. Yeah. And um, so, and which gives it this nice quality of. It's not you're not racing your anyone else doing this. It's about how far can you go. Yeah. What does it like? What does success look like for you? And um, it's that's very. I get that you know there's an there's a you can change the expectations a little bit for different competitors, but there's an equalizing aspect of a lot of people fall on this. So it doesn't matter if you fall too. It's a question of how far can you push yourself. Yeah, and that's. Which is nice. And what I guess I mean in terms of like men's sports and women's sports is I see, I hear, always hear these arguments about um, men's sports somehow being better because of a set of expectations you have about the sport when the expectation shouldn't be about that. It should be about succeeding on the field that you're given. No, oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. 
no that makes yeah. that makes perfect sense yeah. yeah like you you allow yourself to like expect a certain thing out of a sport because you watch it one way but you won't you're not open-minded about another version of that same competition yeah yeah that's exactly right yeah yeah, yeah i mean like like we male sports fans we we allow these narratives to exist you know mm-hmm. like we we like we, we perpetuate them through through just sometimes apathy which like mm, just not caring not, not saying something when you have a when you have a buddy who's like oh don't watch WNBA because they don't dunk and you're just like whatever dude you're dumb and then like you don't really like check them you just kind of like roll your eyes and continue to go on with your day right. well it's like maybe maybe next time you're like well shut the fuck up <laughs> like or just yeah. let them know like just educate them on this situation but yeah the only good i don't watch at wnba because they don't dunk argument i've ever heard was from a guy i was like you want to watch a wnba game he's like I, i'll be honest with you i don't like basketball very much i only like dunks and <laughs> <laughs> there's no dunking in this it's like well i mean like you're not necessarily wrong but were you were you talking to Zach Levine? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I don't think he likes basketball much either. He's a bull, so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know how anyone continues to like basketball if they're on the bulls. Yeah. Yeah, like, but yeah, I don't know if I've said this specifically. Like, it's just, you know, the concept of allyship in supporting um, minority and disadvantaged communities is really important, but not if you do it disingenuously and yeah. you're not willing to do it for in order to build up stuff that like a women's team, like just build up the women's team, be a fan of the women's team. If you can, like I tried to be, I really try to be as much as I can. Um, like I'm not saying I'm winning at this, but I'm doing my best (laughs) over here. Like Like if you can't be an ally when it counts, then you're not an ally. Mm -hmm. Like, like it's like, it's like when, when Novak Djokovic, what did he say last year that when he said that like, Oh, women just don't deserve to be paid more in his field. And, like, he should have been just destroyed. Yeah, someone should have yelled at him a lot. It should be a reputation breaker when you're just that asinine on such a public stage. But there was nothing. You know what I mean? No, there was no reaction. I think it was last summer. I barely remember it happening because nobody responded to it. Like, yeah, it was just... it, It was just kind of like, okay, whatever. Like... That sort of thing should be ripped apart, like, just to set a precedent. Yeah. And a lot of people have this, like, oh, well, that just perpetuates, like, takedown culture. Well, you know what? Takedown culture is not so bad if you think about it that way, because you have to set standards at some point. It's one thing to show up because, like, and we're all going to ruin somebody because they don't know how to use they, their correctly. Right, right, right. I mean, yeah, there's, it's one thing, it's one thing to annihilate someone for something small, but, like, when someone actually does say something, there's a time and a place for someone to get fucking ratioed. <laughs> well, and here's the other thing too is like you, you know what takedown you know what takedown culture could do a little bit better is show up and be like you shouldn't say that. Maybe you should say something else and then if let them let them double down. The second let, somebody doubles down, I say fuck them up. <laughs> but uh give them a window. Yeah, give them a chance. Give them one chance to say something better and then right. just ruin their day. Right. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. I don't know if I've practiced that, but I agree with that. <laughs> I don't know. Even like even been... shitty people deserve <laughs> shitty people deserve a chance to be better. But if we don't give them a chance to be better, then what good are we really doing by pointing yeah. it out? You know, I'll be I'll be honest. Like if you, if you follow me on Twitter, even as sometimes I'll just go for the throat. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just be like, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> I mean, sometimes this that person is... I don't know said one problematic thing. <laughs> hey, sometimes that is the right call. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, every once in a while, take a moment and see if you can get someone to explain why they said that. And if right. they say another second dumb thing, then you should definitely eat them for lunch. Yeah, but... it's just, it's just let's let's work on being less problematic. Let's work on being actively not problematic. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't just help. To not say sexist things, no. Like, you that, also have to combat sexism. That is not a the, good enough. That is not a good enough baseline yeah. at all. No, you have to fight against it. You have to say something about how shitty it is. Yeah. Um, 
Wear a like next time you go see a men's game, wear a women's jersey. Yeah, that's that's all. You're gonna buy one anyway, so get one for the team that you know actually made it into the World <laughs> when Cup racks last of time. W's and gets yeah. hardware. Yeah. yeah, right. So yeah. maybe like respect the stars that go out there and play a game that you like because you clearly like it. Yeah, and actually wins at it. Yeah, I mean, because these because narratives matter. If if the public narrative as a whole is that women should be paid more, then 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 these the people the powers responsible for this would would maybe be enticed to move but because the overall narrative is sexist and terrible it allows them to just go oh whatever no one's gonna do anything like and that's that's why it matters to speak up and say things and control the narrative create change attempt to change the the overall narrative that exists yeah Fight against the institution a little bit. Yeah. A little bit goes a long way. It does. Especially when a lot of people when a lot of people do a little bit, that helps. Yeah. Like that's actual help, but it takes a lot of people doing a little bit. Yeah. Awareness is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't let people say shit like, well, I don't think they deserve to be paid the same as men. Yeah. Because that's not fucking true. Like yeah. you know, I don't I mean not to be a dick necessarily well no actually (laughs) definitely to be a dick i don't think as many people are interested in watching a uh tennis final with novak Djokovic in it as are as watch in watching one with serena williams in it oh god like not by a lot so he's sitting here saying he deserves more money than her like what is his fucking basis for that like for what reason because you're taller (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. There's no. There's no world where I'm like, oh, I can't wait to watch that Novak Djokovic match instead of a Serena Williams. Match. I mean, that is no, there's no planet where I would choose Novak Djokovic. What I will say in defense of watching Novak Djokovic is he is in the conversation for one of the best uh, men's tennis players of all time, and is currently playing at the same time as two other guys who are also in that conversation. So he's interesting to watch. Hmm. The other golden age of tennis? It's actually, yeah, I think it might be. Um, (laughs) But the thing on the other side of that is, Serena Williams is the best women's tennis player ever. She is the golden age of tennis. (laughs) She's the best one. She's fucking incredible. Um, She's so awesome. Ah, God. And then the, and then you have this poll that came out of England where something like 22% of men polled think they could take a point off of her. Yeah, dude, yeah. I saw that. Fucking crazy, man. Like, are you kidding me? No, you can't. No, you cannot. The average amateur men's player cannot take a point off Serena Williams. I'm sorry. Yeah. You can't. You and they're cannot. just like random dudes are yeah. like, oh, I could do it. I could, I could probably it. do that. No, you can't. No, you can't. Did you see her 2015? Just that year alone? Incredible. (laughs) No, she would own your ass. (laughs) Sorry, Bill. (laughs) Sucks to be you. I don't know. If someone stuck me on a... I'm not... I've played tennis a couple of times. I'm not very good at it. If someone stuck me on a tennis court with Serena Williams, if I got the ball back over the net in play, I would be thrilled. I would... I'd be amazed with myself. I would never... It would never happen. But, you know... As someone who has never played tennis, I would be asking Serena in this scenario, why are you doing this? <laughs> why are you doing <laughs> this to me? Don't do this to me. <laughs> I'm not holding a racket anymore. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> He's like, I can't. They made me. They made me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> I don't feel good about this either, but she's here we like, are. She's like, dart left. I'm hitting the right. <laughs> You, can, you don't actually. You don't actually have to stand back there. You can just go hide in the corner, and I'll just. Uh... <laughs> uh. Oh man! So uh, let's. Should we segue into hype drags? Let's. Yeah, yeah let's I mean, do some hype is, drags. That is literally, all we have other yeah. than this. I mean, I got some headlines, but I have no information for them, so yeah. they're just kind of hype drags at this just point. Talk sports. Yeah. Sports talk. All right. What do you want to start with? You got a hype or a drag? Uh, yeah. Okay, I'll start with Magic Johnson. All right. So, uh, Magic Johnson, I want to hype Magic Johnson and his destructive abilities that are fucking limitless because he's a wizard. Magic Johnson is... <laughs> I'm pretty sure he went to Hogwarts. I don't... Uh, he The ways in which he manages 
in his in <laughs> the last three years to just fuck with the Lakers is amazing. He every time you think that there's no possible way that Magic could like find a way to screw over his former team, <laughs> he does it. And this time, a story went out that um, Kawhi Leonard. One of the big reasons why he didn't go to the Lakers is because Magic Johnson wouldn't stop talking about their meeting. (laughs) It's like, Magic, all you had to do is not talk. And of course Magic is like, I can't not talk. Have you seen my Twitter account? I say everything. (laughs) The reason he's not working for the Lakers anymore is specifically because he wants to be on his Twitter account. Yeah, he wants to be able to tweet about Russell Westbrook and how (laughs) good job on getting that triple-double, Russell. You're very good. Because apparently that was tampering. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It's nothing but tampering over there anymore. He's just a he's just a wizard of fucking up the Lakers. Like he's he's Gandalf the Gold. He is he is incredible. I love it. I hate it because I'm a Lakers fan, but I also respect the hustle. Also, he's Magic Johnson. He can do literally whatever he wants. The Lakers. He could. He could burn down the Staples Center today and punch LeBron in the face, and I'd be like, well, I don't know. Five (laughs) championships during showtime. What are you going to do? Get mad at Magic Johnson? I don't think so. Not even a little bit. So with that, I'm going to drag the Lakers. Seems reasonable. Why are you letting Magic Johnson meet on behalf of your organization? (laughs) He doesn't work for you. He quit. And not only did he quit, but he quit in the dumbest way. If, If I was... If I owned a company and someone quit that company by no show, no, no call, no showing, and then doing an interview where he's like, I don't know, I'm not going to be there anymore, and then laughing, I'd be like, you're gone for, I never want to fucking see you again. But instead, Genie Bus is like, oh, it's magic. Let's let him take a, let's let him take a meeting with Kawhi. <laughs> <laughs> and of course he botches it because it's amazing. The Lakers are just dumb. I don't. I don't know what else to say. They're just so dumb. It's. It's so funny. I've never. I've never seen a team more invested in just shitting all over itself while being fairly successful at the same time in the last twenty years. They're. Uh, they're some bullshit. Yeah. I mean, even like, like even in like years where like. They had an amazing free agency offseason period where they get Carl Malone and Gary Payton. They still managed to not win a fucking title. <laughs> I remember they still that. managed How to get How did that fucking... go so badly? Carl Malone, Gary Payton, Dwight Howard, and Kobe Bryant. Well, the Pistons told us to go fuck ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> the Pistons were like, we're just going to play very good defense on you old, old, old people. And also Kobe Bryant's there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, your team sucks. Eh, Could be worse, but also could be better, and that's the point. (laughs) That's why I'm mad. Got Uh, anything? Yeah, I want to hype Tim Duncan, because he is now an assistant coach for the Spurs, which is fucking awesome, and I can't imagine him doing, like, actually anything else. Um, Yeah. My assumption is he will probably end up being the heir apparent to uh, Pop when whenever Greg Popovich decides to retire. That could be cool. Yeah. I could absolutely see all of that happening and him being awesome at it for a while. Yeah. Who knows? Like, And if that also, if that happens and anyone says there's a more stable sports uh, franchise than the Spurs, they are just fucking objectively wrong. Yeah, there yeah. really isn't. Yeah. They're, they've been a... They've been exactly the same forever. They're always good. I guess maybe in the NBA they are. The, I mean, because I would like look at the the Patriots at this point, which I hate looking at. Yeah. Well, the second Belichick retires, that's all going to hell. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. It's all dependent on Belichick. You're it's right. Belichick and Brady. Like you lose one of those two guys, it's fucking over. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if actually I don't even know if Brady's that important. That's Bill Belichick. That's it. Can I can I quick segue into my Tom Brady dream real quick? Sure. So, last week, I wake up at 5 in the morning because I had this dream where I was doing rebound drills against Tom Brady. That's weird. Yeah. And, like, he was smoking me. 
And I, for some reason in this dream, I think I'm supposed to be good. So in, in <laughs> okay. this world, in this dimension, this version of me, I'm good at things. Sure. <laughs> and Tom Brady is just boxing me out. Even when I have position, he gets in there, boxes me out. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how is he fucking doing this? I remember asking him. Oh, no, no, no. As he, as he gets more successful, he gets taller. Oh, good. So by the time this whole thing was over and Tom Brady just smokes me, he's covered in sweat and he's six foot nine. And I'm looking up to him like, Tom, like, how are you fucking doing this to me? You're like a 45-year-old man. False, he's 41. Yeah. <laughs> but in my dream, I'm like, you're a 45-year-old man. How are you doing this to he me? He also got slightly older with every rebound. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, freedom of speech, baby. And goes for a dunk. And then I wake up. <laughs> and I like, I have to tweet this. Five in the morning, I'm just like tweeting. I'm like, this is fucking crazy. Like, just, I can't believe that this is happening. So that was me having a weird dream that I wanted to tell you about right now in this moment because we mentioned Tom Brady. Back to your hype track about Tim Duncan. That's just that a is phenomenal a, dream. Yeah, why did he say freedom of speech? I don't understand. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? I, I still, love the idea. Like, I can visualize it like just Tom Brady looking at you going, freedom of speech, baby, and then just dunking a basketball. Yeah. It was one-handed. Yeah. He went up one-handed because oh, he's he very up, I, tall now. He doesn't have to go that high. <laughs> he just, like, boom. I just imagine there being a definite cockback in there, you know, very tomahawk style. Yeah, it was, it was a weird dream. It's like that. dunking I, on you super hard about a, freedom of speech. I had a lot of questions. I had a lot of questions that morning. <laughs> I'm like, why? how did that help him rebound? <laughs> anyway, so I wanted to hype Tim Duncan. Until <laughs> <laughs> so I ruined it. Yeah, well, you know. Um, so, and like, good for Tim Duncan. I hope he becomes an excellent coach and stays in the NBA forever, or as at least as long as he wants to be there. Um, in the meantime, I want to go back and drag Major League Soccer because Tim Duncan has returned to the NBA because he wants to be involved in it and coach in it and be involved in the best league in the world. Yeah. And the MLS recently brought in. One of the best players of their generation in Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who spent the entirety of an interview with ESPN shitting on Major League Soccer. <laughs> <laughs> so he just got there. Yep. He's Wait, been there for a year, a year. Maybe a year. Okay, so yeah. he's, he's been in the league for a year. Yeah. Not impressed. <laughs> no, not at all. I believe this the cho- the juiciest quote was, and he, he said, um, I am like a Ferrari among Fiats. <laughs> This guy's 38 years old. I fucking love him. That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, he talked about... Uh, one, uh, last week, he talked a bunch of shit about the... I don't forget which LA team he's on. Is it like There's like the LA Galaxy and the LAFC, and I don't know which one he's on. But he talked. He was on one of them, talked a bunch of shit about the other one, and then went out and scored a bunch of goals on them and kicked their ass. <laughs> <laughs> which is amazing. Um yeah, he was just basically a huge dick about U.S. professional soccer and then owned owned the team he said he was going to own and now just doesn't care anymore, and it's hilarious. That is kind of awesome. Yeah. I, I, very much, I very much love the hubris. Oh, yeah. I love hubris in most, sport, in most sports. Especially when someone shows up and then backs up and is like, they suck, they suck, they suck, and they suck, and I'm going to kick everyone's ass, and then they do. And you're like, well, I guess we're going to just have to accept that uh, we all suck now. How much I can do about that? Got <laughs> <laughs> to take this L. <laughs> It's, it's like if Kyrie Irving showed up at, like, fucking Cal Anderson. He's like, I'm going to cross every single one of you order, over. Then he did it, and then dunked the ball. He's like, I'm going to leave now. And you're like, well. <laughs> turns out he's much better at this than we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess you'd have to buy him Big Mario's after that, just as a reward. He's like, it's one to nothing. and we can, yeah, He's like, it's one to nothing now, and we can do this until it's 15 to nothing, or I can just go home. <laughs> so please leave now, Kyrie Irving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what do you got you got another one yeah more hype drags i got um i have bruce bochi mm-hmm. um for being <laughs> just in general for being like one of the greatest in-game tacticians ever for winning three titles because this is his last year he's having his his swan song maybe we'll see but 
as far as it goes now, this is his last year with the Giants, definitely. So he's having his whole run, and like, you know, he was amazing. Three titles, five years, every single time he went into the playoffs, every team, maybe not every team, but most teams were better than his. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and he just outmanaged the shit out of everyone. Bobby Cox, Charlie Manuel, Mike Matheny twice. That was embarrassing because Mike <laughs> Matheny <kinda> sucks. <laughs> uh, just went to the World Series and like just just did a hell of a job he outmanaging every single manager he faced. And he's kind of being phased out right now by the Giants. Uh, they want to go in a different mm-hmm. direction. Farhan Zaidi. Their new president of baseball operations is kind of going in a new direction. He sees the writing on the wall, and Bruce Butcher's like, okay, this is my last year. And everyone thinks the Giants are supposed to be bad. They're supposed to sell all their assets. That's the way it was going until, like, two weeks ago. And they've been on this incredible hot streak, a lot because of Bruce Bochy's managing, because, like, they don't have good players on the team. <laughs> like, they have some. I mean, they have fun players to watch, but I wouldn't... I'm not looking... You Good these, is not the word. You look at these war totals. They're not great. No one, <laughs> no one's above two wins above replacement yeah. as a position player in the San Francisco Giants. They have a stellar bullpen. They're just managing to win games. It's almost like it's almost like major league, like where <laughs> they're just figuring out ways to win, and the organization is like, "Oh my fucking god, <laughs> what are you doing?" And Would Bruce, you knock it off? Yeah, Bruce Bochy's <laughs> trolling his his old or or his. His future former <laughs> team by just winning, and he won't stop. And I think it's great. I I'm think it's wonderful, that. and it's like, let's go for it. Fuck it, fuck it. And I want to drag every every uh, every Giants fan who wants the Giants to sell. You're a bad fan. Yeah, it's a stupid. <laughs> never <laughs> never want your team to suck. What the fuck is hard to understand about that? Yeah. You, you watch baseball to watch good baseball. You're getting good baseball. Enjoy the good baseball. Like, do you... You can't, you can't say that, oh, selling now means that you're going to definitely make sure that you get great baseball in three years. There's no... That's not... That's not a promise. That's not yeah, a guarantee. Ask the Florida Marlins if that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> ask, ask all these perennial shitty teams if that's a thing. Some of these teams that went like 20 years without being good. Not once. Like, ask them if that's real. So, my advice to you people, when you get good baseball, enjoy it. Because it might never come back. Yeah, it might not return. Even with a proper rebuild. Even with a Prospects are prospects for a reason. Because there's nothing proven about them. Yeah. So, that's my hype drag. Like, shit. As much as I know that Zion Williamson won't suck, there's still, like, a, we, we don't know for sure. Yeah. He yeah. might be awful. <laughs> it might end up not working out like shit. Greg Oden was a sure thing right up until his foot fell off. And Yep. You know you know what though? He went to the Blazers, who are a well managed team, and they're good anyway. Yeah. The so. Pirates and the Royals went twenty years before they were good again. Like they were good I think in the eighties and nineties and then like just fell off. Like they didn't, it didn't, wasn't until like 2015 till those teams were even remotely relevant and not for long. Like, <laughs> like you can't, you can't think just because you're doing a rebuild that you're gonna, you're gonna be better in four years. It's a, not a thing. The Cleveland Browns, Browns fans, they would have loved the 500 year. <laughs> they would have been thrilled. Mixed in with they might get, terrible. they might get one this year. Yeah. You know, they might even make the playoffs this year. But how fucking long did that take? Way too long. Yeah. And now they have to endure Baker Mayfield, who's an insufferable little shit. Yeah, he's just really <laughs> hard to listen to. I don't like him as a person. He seems bad. Yeah, just doesn't seem like a cool guy. Does not seem like a fun guy. No. All right. I have one more hype drag, but this one gets complicated. All right. You ready? Hmm. I want to hype Tim Tebow. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I would like to hype 184 in AAA batting average Tim Tebow with his AAA on base percentage of like 215 <laughs> and his slugging percentage of like, I think it's like 338. I don't yeah. know. It's a, it's a bad slash line. It's a really bad slash line. And I want to hype him because he's still there. <laughs> he's and he's probably going to get called up in September. 
regardless of how well or poor that line goes in the future. That's incredible. Because he decided to go play baseball, and he's just Tim fucking Tebow, so somebody let him do it. That's The, the Mets are just out of control. No, hang on, hang on, you're getting ahead here. Okay. So I want to hype Tim Tebow for getting himself in with an absolute trash-ass garbage franchise that would desperately do anything to sell tickets because they suck horribly. And then, of course, I want to drag the shit out of the Mets for signing Tim fucking Tebow <laughs> for no reason, getting excited when he hit 230 in single A with a couple of home runs and promoting him until now he's just this waste of space in their AAA system who is going to get called up in order to sell tickets in September. And now we all have to live with the phrase Tim Tebow, professional baseball player, just because you guys can't get your shit together enough to be an actual functional <laughs> baseball team. I wonder what Tim Tebow's <laughs> baseball throwing motion looks like. I don't know, but I bet it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to watch this voluntarily, so... I'm going to open a beer. Yeah, might as well. Now that I've talked about Tim Tebow throwing a baseball, I might as well drink beer. Yeah, we're headed to... We're, we're in that time of the podcast where we just talk about sports. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Which sports do we want How to How are your about? Rockies doing? They are real shitty. Yeah. I, like, just spectacularly shitty. Didn't they lose shitty. four in a row at home to some team? Some bad team? Yeah, I think it was the Giants. Put <laughs> <laughs> in a doubleheader. <laughs> Yeah, yeah no, they suck. Like I not, thought they were actually going to be okay. They were good. They were great until they ran into the Giants. <laughs> no, the, no, they weren't great though. Is no, they, they were. Like, they were a five hundred team. Yeah, yeah, they like they were like sort of middling. Like you could see them going one way or the other. And yeah, no, like now they just look like they might be shitty, um, which is weird because their like their pitching staff isn't really that much different. They lost Ottavino, and that's about it. Yeah, that's a big piece. But I, yeah. but once again, it's a reliever. Like yeah, that's like a single inning of... reliever who's not even really a closer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Ottavino's really is he good, not the Yankee but... closer? No. no, he's not. Arnold Chapman is Chapman. Yeah, he wasn't. I don't think he was our closer either. I think he was the setup guy. Really? Yeah, I'm not sure about that, but Ottavino had the, has that crazy movement. Yeah, no, he's got wild movement on everything. But yeah, like so the roster is not that different. We lost Ottavino and DJ LeMahieu to um the Yankees. Yankees. And actually LeMahieu's having a phenomenal year in yeah, New he York. Is. He's an like he's been outstanding. Um but Cargo's yeah, no gone. like well, Cargo like is he's, Cargo gone in the sense that he left, or just that he sucks now? Because he was gone a while ago, if we're talking about does he I suck now. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard It's hard to tell in Coors Field, man. Yeah. <laughs> some yeah, players, no, some great. bad players, like, yeah. just still kind of look good in Coors Field. Yeah, no, um, Cargo, yeah, Cargo is done. Um, we got Arenado locked up long-term. We have Trevor Story locked up long-term. And those are, like, the two big pieces that we have. Mm-hmm. Like, we have two legitimate, solid, like... Mm, beardy Blackman. Oh, yeah, Blackman. Well, that he's getting older, though. He's, like, 34. Awesome. Is he? Yeah, he's old. I he's, had no idea. He might not be that old, but he's in his, thir- he's in his 30s. He's, uh, like, a low-key MVP candidate. Yeah, he's been that for a couple of years now. Um, he's been great, but, he yeah, he's not, a, he's not a long-term piece, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Like... His window's closing. And not just, like, in far, as far as his, him being good, but, like, on his actual career. Oh, shit, yeah, he's 33, dude. Yeah, dude, he's old. I had no he's, idea. He's real old. He's fucking Real slug. old. He's, he's my age. He's, like, he's, slugging, <laughs> he's slugging 600 this year. Maybe he's eternal. Maybe he's, like, this next coming of Andres Galarragi. He's just going to play forever. I'm into that. I did love. <laughs> I do love Andres Galarragi. He was fucking um, good. But, um, yeah, no, he's getting up there. Yeah, so, that, yeah, that team's driving me crazy right now. Damn. So now that everyone's having football boners, uh, how, do, yeah. how do the Broncos look going into this season? Second, our quarterback is Joe Flacco, so who cares? <laughs> he's elite, though. I'm not, I'm not talking about this. How are the 49ers? <laughs> Tell me about the 49ers, you dong. Um, the 49ers are going to be great. Uh, we've got our quarterback. Um, C.J. Beathard. No, I'm not not that MAGA lord. <laughs> we we've got uh, our quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. Isn't he going to get hurt instantaneously? Though? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We're not ta- Gucci Garoppolo is going. That's his nickname. It's going. 
is going to be a very good quarterback. He's going to be Tom Brady-esque. Nay, Joe Montana-esque. Wait, that's worse. Going back, Tom Brady-esque. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be great. Jarek McKinnon, who they signed to this gigantic contract and then immediately got injured um, and hasn't actually had a full season of like productive football in his days with uh, the Vikings, he's going to miraculously be a pro bowler. Um, okay, that's real optimistic. Um, I guess our best player is Kittle. Who's what a about tight end uh, Joey and... Bosa? Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa? Nick yeah. Bosa. Uh, the, only, uh, the only NFL draftee that Donald Trump... <laughs> Personally uh, congratulated. Congratulated, yeah. You excited for him? I hear he's pretty good. The literal white supremacist. <laughs> yeah. Does a lot of good tackling, though. Actual white nationalist. But the tackling. That's two Magalords on the 49ers, huh? Yeah, it's, that's, you're so that's far. We talked about five players, and two of them are uh, open uh, <laughs> Trump supporters. I was going to say, oh, well, they'll enjoy San Francisco, but it's like, they're not going to be in San Francisco. <laughs> they're in Santa they're gonna Clara. Be, they're going to yeah. be nowhere near San Francisco. They're going to be in San Jose. Ah, fuck. What a shitty team to like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we used to have Jerry Rice, and that shit was lit. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's always when I go back to him, like, Steve Young was really good at footballing. Colin Kaepernick was incredible. Colin Kaepernick was rad. I loved watching that guy those, play those football. Vernon Davis, Colin Kaepernick, Michael Crabtree, Frank Gore. Frank Gore was nuts, though. What do you think about the Red Sox? I'm just going to keep going. Yeah, <laughs> keep the Red Sox? I don't know. Um, They're not doing well. No, they suck. Fuck them. I hate them. All Boston <laughs> sports can go to hell. I've been very open about this. Um, I wanted, Oh, I got to drag. Okay. I want to drag Deadspin's Drew McGarry. <laughs> For doing the same fucking beat up shtick he's done for like seven seven thousand years now, maybe with his "Why Your Team Sucks" columns, which aren't unfunny. I've just read them all before. Yeah, it is because they're never different. They're always the same. Yeah, they're the same fucking thing every year, and I'm over it. Yeah, the first time I ever read a uh, "Why Your Team Sucks," I was like, "This is awesome." That is why my team sucks. Yeah, right? Oh, then, no, the first time you're like, oh, this is phenomenal. This is great. I love it. Yeah. The second time I'm like, yep, still suck. Ha <laughs> <laughs> We suck. <laughs> and then, like, now I'm like, all right, this is cool. You literally just copy-pasted last year's yeah. fucking thing, and all right, that's a feature. Okay, cool. Yeah. You changed some adjectives, and that's it. Yeah, it got clicks, so... Yeah, if you want to hear why something sucks, you can just listen to us for the last 15 minutes of us sitting here, and we will tell you about some random thing and how much we hate it. Yeah, why your team sucks is essentially the last 20 minutes of our podcast every <laughs> single week. Every time we do it. It's Boston a lot, but, you know. It's generally Boston. Uh, I try and fit the Dodgers in every once in a while. the Dodgers in there. We're I'm get- always happy to rag on um, Atlanta sports fans. Yeah, see, I've, yeah. I've, I've always disliked their baseball fans. I didn't know, like, as a whole that Atlanta sports fans were bad. Yeah, it's just, um, they are, I find them very misrepresentative of the city they claim to be a part of. Right. Um, yeah, because uh, even, you know, the Falcons and the Hawks, those stadiums look real um, copy paper colored. Oh, they're yeah. white. Yeah. They're white as shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is not what Atlanta looks like at all. Yeah, um, yeah. Demographically misrepresentative. Mm. Also, Braves real racist. Braves are very racist. Yeah. Uh, it's weird to do a racist chant at a bloop double. I just, it's weird to do a racist chant in general. <laughs> Someone does a te- hits a Texas leaguer single over second base, and everyone starts. Um, Mocking the indigenous peoples of this uh, country. Yep. What an odd world that we live in. What other sports we got? What's going on in basketball? Nothing. Yeah, like literally nothing. Wait. (laughs) Didn't Russ and Harden happen after our last podcast? No, the Russ Harden reunion. Yeah, that's going to go shitty. I don't know. I think I like it. I think they're better. I think they're going to. I think they're better than the Lakers. Unfortunately for me. I mean, sure, everyone is better than the Lakers at all times, no matter what. But. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) 
I don't know. Like those cuz those players have changed a bit since the last time they played together. Yeah. Like they both become like one, they both turned into absolute superstars. Mm-hmm. Like genuine no argument superstars. And now they're both on a team together when they've both decided to be players who must have the ball in order to work to work effectively. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be weird. Uh I don't know. I Like I'm willing to bet that if you took Harden's usage rate and Westbrook's usage rate from the last year, I'm not even talking about like average it out over a couple of years, but like just last year and added them together, I bet it'd be fucking 90%. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's going to be wild. Um, I don't know. I just think that they're going to, I think D'Antoni's going to come up with something. I believe I think it. He I always think does. Like Mike he, D'Antoni's a really good coach. Remember when he yeah. turned Harden into a point guard and it worked? Yeah, his like assist rate went up and like yeah, it made me super uncomfortable. But yeah, I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) It was weird. I'm like, why should should a point guard be this slow? (laughs) (laughs) I thought they're supposed to be quick and moving around a lot. This guy just stands there and then passes it sometimes. No, Harden. Like, I don't know. D'Antoni is probably the only coach I think who could do this. Yeah, um, I, I think they're in a perfect scenario to make it work. I think they're going to be so explosive. I don't know, man. I'll believe it's one. I'm definitely in a spot where I'm like, I'll believe it when I see it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I have a feeling about them. It scares me. It scares me to have too much power in one <laughs> thing, even if it doesn't make any sense. Like, like I thought, I thought Kawhi and Paul George was annoying. I'm like, this is fucking weird like i don't like i do i actually do kind of enjoy seeing all of the basketball teams turn into like power couples basically yeah yeah, i like Like, the duo that is cool i like the duo system that's come out like it was like for years it was like are they gonna build a big three and now it's like it's can this marriage last yeah i'm all i'm all for i'm all for uh the new basketball meta of duos and no more, no more big threes. I'm into it. I'm into it. <laughs> Let's go duos. But with all, with all, everyone's talking about with like the the uh, the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, the Rockets, even still the Warriors. Now they have D'Angelo Russell. Like everyone's forgotten that like the Blazers, man, the Blazers and the Nuggets. Hey, don't forget, yeah, don't forget about Nuggets. The like Blazers the Blazers and the, and the Nuggets. Nuggets look really fucking good. I'm fucking scared of them. I. Everyone should be, frankly. Those are really good teams. Really good teams. Yeah. It's going to be fun. You know, they didn't have to they also didn't have to walk their way through um Anthony Davis and LeBron on the same squad. They didn't have to walk their way through fucking Kawhi and Paul George either. Any one of these squads. They had Russ and Paul George, but fuck, like I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, Russ and Paul George. I think that was a pretty good duo. It just—it really should. I don't know why that didn't. I don't know why that didn't work. Maybe Paul George just isn't that good. Except no. here's the thing: you see, he was having an MVP caliber season. Yeah, does that a, mean that Russell Westbrook isn't that good? So then, what does that mean for the Rockets? Do they just not matter? I don't know. I I read something about Russell Westbrook that talks about like how much he hurts the teams that he's on offensively by ball hogging and doing some of the things that he does. And like, I think he's a very underrated passer and like in his, in his quest to it, to always have a triple double, yeah. he's forced himself to be a better passer than one would expect. Cause I assumed going into this thing that, um, Russell actually wasn't the better playmaker of Harden and Russell and that Harden should probably maybe, be the more ball dominant guard of the two because he is a better playmaker as he's shown. And then I looked at like the raw numbers and like the analytics. I'm like, Oh wait, no Westbrook is an amazing, (laughs) is an amazing facilitator of the basketball when he wants to be. Yeah. All right. So all that has to happen is that Dan Tony has to make him want it. That's doable. Yeah. That's a doable thing in the same, in this same uh, study session. I found out that, um, that uh, Devin Booker is one of the best playmakers in basketball. Really? Because he's bad. <laughs> you it. don't like him. I know you don't <laughs> like him. But I found out that Devin Booker is like, uh, he is top 15 in assists per game. And not only that, his uh, assist percentage is like 34%, which is like borderline, like near elite levels. Like LeBronian almost. 
The best is Chris Paul. He's like at 60% or something stupid like that. Well, we all know how good the uh, Chris Paul led uh, Rockets yeah. did last year. Well, he's a hell of a passer. Though. <laughs> <laughs> he's still a hell of a passer. He's still a hell of a passer. But uh, <laughs> shocking to me that Devin Booker was a good passer. I stand, I stand by my belief that Devin Booker sucks. And uh, <laughs> I will not say anything different until proven otherwise. I mean, honestly, like me saying someone is bad is actually like the kiss of life. Like, Devin Booker is lo- going to learn how to play defense next year. <laughs> I once lost a bet because someone asked me who was going to win the NCAA tournament. And I said, I don't know, but it won't be Duke. So they bet me 50 bucks that Duke would win. I had the field. I had yeah. just not Duke. I lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. That's a wild bet to lose. Yeah. So, yeah, me saying me saying that something won't happen is a pretty good reason to put money on the thing that I said will happen. Or won't the other way. Happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If I say if I say if I say A, you should put money on B. That's what I'm getting at there. Yeah. All right. All right. So Devin Booker, future MVP. Yeah, pretty much. Probably four-time NBA champion. (laughs) He'd have to go somewhere else to do that, because we all know the Suns aren't in the Suns. Not having a chance, no. I don't care how good DeAndre Ayton is. Well, Mike D'Antoni's not there anymore, so what are you going to do? Is is Steve Nash going to time travel? I would love that. Can we make that happen? 2007, Steve Nash just shows up. I want to. I would really like to have 2007 Steve Nash back. He'd be so good in the modern NBA, man. Be a lot of fun. Oh well. If shout out to time travel, let's get shout that, out. Let's to time get travel. that going. Bring bring back Steve guess, Nash, but younger. <laughs> I like how we're like, yeah, let's do time travel for Steve Nash, and it's like no one's like, hey, like, should we undo 9/11? I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's like, no, I just let's not get into that right now. <laughs> seems a little heavy. Let's let's, let's, let's do start sports. with Steve Nash. <laughs> let's do sports. There's someone there's someone listening to us right now. How about saving my marriage? <laughs> like, Ooh, buddy, I can't help you with that. That I'm seems sorry. like a very nuanced situation. We're gonna, I totally get yeah. why no one does the time travel now yeah. <laughs> this is very uh this is very awkward so yeah this has been all sports are bad you uh, can listen to us or are you i was gonna say thanks for listening yeah thanks for listening to all sports are bad thanks for listening to all sports are bad this you can cool. listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, <laughs> Google Play, SoundCloud, iTunes, whatever the fuck you're listening to us on right now, because we have no idea. Yeah. Apparently there's a lot. It seems like there's other things. Um, at all sports are bad. At all sports are bad. Uh, you can find him at, uh, or my friend Patrick here, at, uh, at PatrickJCS. You can find me at WildlyPointless on Twitter. Um, Our tweets are very good. I do nothing but good tweets, although I don't think I've tweeted in like three weeks. I do mostly bad tweets, but when I do a good one, it's so good that it like it's like I'm one of those home run hitters that strikes out so much. I think BuzzFeed <laughs> stole one of your tweets recently. Like, BuzzFeed's yeah. done it. Uh, the East Bay Times has done it. Enemy um, has stolen my tweets. I like it. I take it. There's as some a... good tweets that come out of Patrick's account, so I would definitely recommend follow Patrick. <laughs> Um, I don't know about following me. I do like one tweet every month or so. You should do more than one tweet a month. Yeah, I'll look into it. <laughs> I'm very busy. <laughs> watch it. Watch it. Watch a movie and say how bad it was. <laughs> watch a sport and be like, this guy was shitty. <laughs> <laughs> show up. With but you some know, takes. in a in a Jake way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just show up yeah, with some takes. I guess I got yeah, the, do takes. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for listening to us. I guess. Bye, Internet. We all love you very much. Thank you, Magic Johnson. He's pretty cool. Also, I don't like what you're doing, but okay. He's not helping.